We are debtors. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is a somewhat enigmatic parable, and if you don't quite understand it, you're in good company. St. Jerome wrote a letter to St. Augustine saying, I can't make head or tails of this. Can you explain it for me, please? So don't worry if it's not clear. I will try to um, explain something of what it says in light of Catholic teaching. We can say that our Lord certainly is the, the wealthy man, the landowner, and each one of us is this debtor. We are debtors, as Paul says in his epistle, we are debtors. Inasmuch as we've been baptized, inasmuch as our Lord has given us grace, inasmuch as he's forgiven us, we are debtors. And to lose that understanding of, our, of ourselves as debtors is to not understand our situation here and to open ourselves up for all sorts of omissions, all sorts of distractions and superficiality. But we are debtors. We're not only debtors, though. Paul goes on to say that we have been adopted as children. And so we are co-heirs with Christ for something beyond our imagining, which is heaven. And that heaven is not merely something waiting for us in the future as simply something later and elsewhere. Heaven be begins here. Thomas Aquinas says that the life of grace is the beginning of eternal life itself. So heaven began the day we were baptized and the rest of our life from that day until the divorce of our body and soul is the struggle, the spiritual combat in which we are all immersed for heaven or hell. There, there's no spiritual Switzerland in this life. We are debtors to Christ or we are debtors to Satan. We're not debtors to no one. We have to overcome this understanding of sin as breaking rules or, or virtue as keeping rules. Okay, there are rules for weak people. If I'm weak, if my passions are trying to make a claim on me, then I have to look at the rules. But ideally, our virtue is an expression of a relationship. I understand myself as a debtor. I understand myself as a child of God. And therefore, he deserves everything. Everything I have is from him. And I'm supposed to give a return on his investment. And to deny him that, to fall into sin, is not merely to not be virtuous. It's not merely to break a rule. It is to sever a relationship with him and forge a new one with the enemy. And for every vice, there is a host of demons who call themselves by that name of that particular vice. And we enlist under their banner, whether we know it or not, whether we intended it or not. That's just the fact. So this is the story of each one of us who is going to be called to account. What did you do with the grace I gave you? And in this case, 
this man is called before his death to accounts. Somebody told me recently, I just had a very, very disturbing, tragic, seemingly tragic, sorrowful realization that I'm not the holy person I thought I was. And he said, it's so sad and discouraging. And I said, that is God's mercy. That's God's mercy showing you now that you still have a long way to go to fulfill your vocation, to pay back your debt. What would have happened if you continued laboring under that delusion of, of false holiness, and then all of a sudden you realize that when it's too late? So this is God's grace. And so God's grace is acting on this man who says to him, listen, I'm taking everything away because you've squandered it. And he's, he, what does he do? He starts to make amends. He, re, he makes a return, and the return is not 100%. Only Our Lady has given 100% back on our Lord's investment. The rest of us, we start usually somewhat late, unless some, some of the great saints who were very docile to grace in their early years. But most of us, we realize somewhat late, late is going to be different for each one of us, we, that we have not been absolutely generous with our Lord. And what he gets back, though, is not just his investment. He gets ourselves, our souls back. And that's what he truly treasures. More than the interests, more than the profits, he wants our souls. So when we submit to him in the sacraments and we give ourselves back to him and we commit to being docile to grace, fidelity to grace is the fastest way, the most efficacious way to salvation and holiness. Then our Lord is pleased as he is pleased with this man who's giving, who's shortchanging our Lord. And nonetheless, it says our Lord is pleased with him. And so when we come back to our Lord because we've been docile to him, now we're starting to listen to the voice in our conscience. We're being docile to the movements of the Holy Spirit in our soul. The, the, our guardian angel is finding it easier to communicate with us, not because he wasn't before, but because now we're starting to be attentive then our Lord starts to receive a return. Not 100%, but a return. And our souls on top of it, on his investment. So how does this work? What are we to do? How do we come back to him and say, listen, I'm going to try and get you something back on your investment. This, is, this starts, there's nothing extraordinary here. It's the three ordinary means of salvation. Right? Sacramental life, prayer, and virtue. And in virtue, this is going to what this is what orders our relationships with God, others, and ourselves. And so when our relationship with Him is healthy, and that's because of the other two, sacraments and prayer, then it's easier to hear His voice as He speaks to us. And so this fidelity to grace is a work of justice. We're giving Him back what is his. It's a work of charity because we ought to do it with love. It's a work of fidelity. Fidelity comes from the word, um, well, the old English word, fealty, right? And then fides in, in Latin, right? Which is, the idea is of, of a, a landsman who doesn't own the land, but he works it. And he's allowed to live there. 
and he receives some of the bounty of it. But he, when it's time to fight, he has to go fight for the count who owns the land. And so this is our story as well. We're working on his field and he's given us his tools. He's given us his grace. And so when we start to adhere to our consciences and give him back a return, then we are truly faithful. And this requires several things. It requires to be prayerful. There's a world of difference between saying prayers and being prayerful. One is on the level of act and the other is on the level of identity. So when somebody is prayerful, they're habitually recollected. But this requires yet another condition, which is detachment from created goods. So we're, we are not, we, we, the Catholic Church has never said that matter is evil. Okay, that's, those are the Gnostics, those are the Manichaeans. We say that matter is good, but it's relative. And therefore it's to be used as a means towards an end. When we, when we make an end of the things that we like, then we start to have big problems in our spiritual life. And mortification of our attachments. Mortification of our attachments is also an act of justice, says Thomas Aquinas. Because our, 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 our passions, our attachments are blind. And they're not only blind, they're blinding. So when we follow them, we don't see things clearly. When we mortify our passions, we start to understand more clearly what our Lord wants. John of the Cross says something very profound. He says, for the unpenitential man, he will never understand how the devil has been working on him. On the other hand, when we are penitential, when we mortify our attachments, we start to see how much we were under the sway of the enemy and how murky our vision was of God's will. And finally, discernment, right? Is this that speaking my conscience from God, from the devil, from my human nature? Does it give glory to God? Well, it will have to be in consequence with my state in life. What the Holy Spirit will ask of us will never go against our state in life. And so, rather than asking ourselves if something is sinful, we do our Lord and ourselves a greater favor by saying, is this pleasing to you? When that is the, the question we habitually ask, not ourselves, but our Lord, does this please you? It's a lot easier to give him glory with our lives and return an investment on the debt we owe him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.